Hey there, it's your girl Andrea Griffin Rogers. Don't you think it's high time to wake up to some healing? To be revived from brokenness to wholeness and from pieces to peace? Well, I do. So come and join me at the Can I Get a Favorite podcast. Enjoy it. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. Let's check in with you today. I know it's been a busy day. You probably had a lot of things on your plate. But I want to check in with you. I want to see how your heart's doing. How is that little girl or boy inside of you? Have you checked in with him or her lately? Well, let's do so now. So let's stop what we're doing. Let's focus in this moment and just sit. If you're standing, find somewhere to sit and just sit down and take a deep breath in and exhale out. doing this because I want you to just stop everything and take a moment to focus on you. How are you doing today? Has anybody just stopped to really sincerely ask how you were doing? Anyone stopped to really see how your heart was? Well, that's what I'm here for. I just want to have a moment to check in with you because I care. I really do care. So can I get a favor from you today? Can you get out of your head so that you can bless your heart? I mean it. Can you get out of your head for a moment? Just silence the many thoughts that are swirling in your mind. And let's check on your heart. It's time to bless your heart for a change. As you listen to my podcast, you'll hear me talk a lot about healing, balance, and wholeness. Because they are so important to me. God has placed me on this journey towards my own healing. And it has birthed in me a desire and a ministry, as I've shared with you guys before. This ministry of this podcast, but also the ministry of Agents of Revival, because I care about your inner heart. That that little girl inside of you, that little boy inside of you that has been hidden for so long because you've been adulting and taking care of the things you need to take care of. And you stop caring about you. you to get out of your head so that you can bless your heart please let's do so it's high time you get free and become whole and that takes you doing the necessary work towards healing it takes you focusing and centering your thoughts your mind on you one thing I've learned in my 34 years Soon to be 35 on Monday, uh, this coming Monday, actually, (laughs) October 10th. Man, time flies. It's that people prioritize whatever they want. People put on their to-do list what they think is essential. 
Why is it not essential for your healing? Why is it not essential for you to take care of you? For you to prioritize your mental, spiritual, and emotional health. That's why I'm here. It's hard time to get back to you, babes. Another thing I've learned is that in the body of Christ, there are many people that say they believe, that say they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and yet he's not. He may be your Savior, but is he the Lord of your life? I mean, let's break that down for a minute. When I think about what a Lord is, it's someone who governs that that region. Who has the authority to govern that area. And so if you're calling God the Lord of your life. But then you're going about doing things. That you want to do. And how you want to do it. And when you want to do it. Then how is God the Lord of your life? Have you even checked in with him. To see what the Lord wants you to do. You've put together your whole schedule, and I'm a planner, so I know I plan my whole week. But one thing that I do, and I'm asking you, do you even think to do this, is I pray about it. And I pray over it. So even if it's something that's on my mind that I thought about that I wanted to do that day or that week, I also pray, God, not my will, but your will be done. I make my plans, but Lord, determine my steps because that's his word. He says it in Proverbs. So I'm giving it back to God and saying, hey, God, I may have planned this day, but let me not get in my own head of what I want to do. Bless me, Lord. What is your will for this day? What is your will for this week? What is your will for this year? I mean, so many people go into a new year making revelations. Resolution, excuse me, and they don't have the revelation of what God wants to do in that year. So it's time for us as believers in Jesus Christ to stop for a moment and say, What is it that God wants to do with me in this moment? What is it that God wants to do in this day? Let me stop making all my plans and arrangements and let me see what God wants to do. Let me let the Lord be Lord over my life and let me stop getting in my own way and trying to be Lord over my life. There are many of you who are listening to me right now and that may be you. God may be Lord of your life. And then there are some of you that that's not the truth at all. You want him to be Lord over your life, but you don't trust him enough with your schedule. So you go about doing things your own, in your own strength, making your own plans. And then you're upset when a curveball or an unexpected change occurs. A move happens that you didn't make or something's not working out according to your plan. And then you get upset and you're frustrated or you're sad and down and depressed and and just trying to figure out what happened, what went wrong. Sometimes some people even start blaming God as if God did you wrong. 
ownership or accountability for your own actions. Did you ask God, was that his will for your life? Did you ask God, was that his plan for your day or your week? Or did you decide to make your own plans and then said, I'm going to figure it out. It's going to work out. It's gonna, I'm going to be Lord over my life. You can't get mad at God when you did not ask him for his opinion. You did not ask him for his wisdom. You did not ask him for his guidance. You just chose to do it on your own strength. And so we're going to discuss today how we have to take accountability for us when we go off track. When we get into our own head and think that we know it all and that we don't need God's help. And we're also going to discuss how we can change or pivot and seek God's help. Get wisdom and counsel so that we can be healed and so that our hearts can be blessed. And so I know I just said a whole mouthful, but, you know, I'm always a a, a stickler for prayer. So I want to pray in this moment. Father God, can you open my brother or my sister's heart so that they may hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying? So that they may un- become unhardened and unlocked to receive the blessing that you have for their heart. So that they may be restored and revived in this moment, Jesus. So that they may be healed and set free from any area of bondage in their lives. This I pray in Jesus' name that you get the glory, honor, and praise. And be Lord over our lives. Amen. The other day I shared with you all an example in the in the last podcast episode. Um, I shared with you an example of a story about a man named John. And so just to reiterate John's story, John was um, someone that worked in the, in the church. You know, if you want to say a minister, a deacon, a bishop, whatever suits your heart, you can put your own idea of what John does in the church. And so one day, John was working in a church in Italy. He was in Rome and John got lost. He was on his way to get from one church to another. Like I said, he's visiting Rome, Italy, so he doesn't live there. And so he figured that he would try and take the public transportation system. He would take a bus or a train to get from one church to the other. And so he thought he wouldn't need assistance. What a fool he was. After a while of trying to figure out the location, I mean, John couldn't even speak the language, but he still was trying to figure out on his own. And so after a while, there were even some strangers that saw that John just didn't seem like he knew what he was doing or where he was going or that he even had a clue or a plan in the world. And so they even offered to help John. And do you know, John, declined their offer? What an idiot he thought to himself. But he was too prideful to even ask for help or to even receive the help that was being given to him. He continued to think, I got it. I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I, I, I think I know what to do. I, I, can, I can go on it on my own. Two hours went by from when John was supposed to arrive at his appointment. And so his host sent out a search party. They went out looking for him. 
And so they went to the bus depot and they saw that John was about to abort the wrong bus that would have took him in another wrong direction. And so they called out to him, John, John, hey, hey, quick, you're going the wrong way. Come this way. Let me help you. And do you know, John even argued with them and got an attitude because they were trying to help him because he was too full of the, the shame and guilt in his own self and was so upset that time had went by and he still was no closer to his destination than when he first started out. Sometimes it takes us a lot longer to learn a lesson. And sadly, this was John's case. The moral of the story, your own independence can become your own downfall. Don't be stubborn and prideful like John. Save yourself time from headache and heartache and pain. And just ask for help. It shall be given to you if you ask for help. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible where God says, ask for wisdom. It's in James. Ask for wisdom and your heavenly father will give it to you. He is happy when you ask for wisdom. But only a fool will go out and think that he got it under control. Only a fool will decide to be Lord over their own life. But God will allow you to be foolish. He will sit back and allow you, still try to send wisdom your way, wisdom beckoning to you that you're going the wrong way, a stranger to say, hey, can I help you? But he'll still allow you to go that way. He'll still love you when you fall and ask for help. And he'll still be there to help you when you realize that you need help. You know, this this whole thing of lordship and and. And allowing God to be Lord over your life makes me think of a practical uh, example or another practical example, rather. Talking about Europe again, um, there's a popular TV show. Uh, It's still popular to this day. Movies have come out from it and everything. Um, I just actually became um, alerted to the excitement of this show this summer when I was sick and healing from um, my asthma because it was exacerbated during the summertime and so I had enough of time on my hands and during that time I found a tv show called Downton Abbey now I know you may be laughing and like girl you late yes I know I know I'm late but better late than never and so I took time to get through all the seasons of watching Downton Abbey and what I found is that no matter how many people in the village of Yorkshire that the Lord and Lady Crawley and, and Countess Crawley governed. No matter what was going on in their lives, no matter how far or near their problems were, the Lords saw to it that they had everything that they needed and then some. The Lord and ladies and Countess that governed that area saw to it that their people were taken care of. Whenever any of them were sick, they saw to it that they that they got the healing that they needed. Even going so far as sometimes paying for the extra care that that sick person needed. Why, you may ask? Because they cared about the people that they governed. So if these people 
cared for the other people that they governed. And the only difference between them and the people they governed was their title and their finances. Why do we not think that our Heavenly Father cares about us? That he cares to govern us and to take care of us, even financially, making sure that we have the proper care and resources and tools that we need to heal. Why is it that we would rather go about it trying to figure it out on our own, getting in our own head and in our own way, instead of just asking for help or taking the help when it's offered to us? You know, in the last episode, I also talked about the uh, welcoming destruction and the demolition process and even the demolition season I went through, which I called my Joe Wilderness season. And I talked about how I went through a lot of different challenges and things, including grief and misery and guilt and shame. And a lot of it had to do with getting into my own head. There were some things that I did on my own that got me into certain ditches. Or, or got me a little um, off road. But then there were things that happened to me, whether people did it to me or just circumstances happened by, like I said, the people dying in my life, which caused me a lot of grief and heartache and pain when I lost my grandparents and great aunt. And so with all these different changes, things going on in my life, you'd have thought with the whole tsunami, hurricane, tornado, and and volcanic disaster that happened in my life, so to speak, that I would have sought healing and counseling right away. But I didn't. You know, I have a degree and background in psychology, and so I thought I knew how to help myself. I thought I knew enough. And that's why there's a saying that that says doctors make the worst patients. And no, I'm not a doctor yet. But I could understand this saying because we do make the worst patients by thinking that we know it all. So why do we need help? And there are many of you that play pretend doctor. (laughs) You know, you think that you have been through enough in your life to know it all. So you don't need help. But you do. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. Everybody needs help in some area. Why not get the help you need? Why not get out of your own mind thinking you got it under control when you don't and get the help you need or get the help that's being offered to you? God is calling and saying, I want to help you. I've sent so-and-so your way to help you. I had that person ask you if you needed help because I know you need help, but you're too prideful. You're too stuck in your way on your own head to, to say you need help, to extend your hand out to receive that help back. So God tries his best to send wisdom beckoning your way to say, here's help. Get help. Ask for help. Welcome help. We have to stop getting in our own way. And start receiving that help that God has for us. God never meant for us to do life alone. That's not his kingdom. It's not his kingdom principle. God wanted us to be in community. From Adam to Eve. Eve was only created because God said man should not be alone. You need a helpmate. 
And so Eve was created to be a helpmate, to be someone that's going to help you work, help you through the storm, help you through the challenges, help you face your everyday life. It's the only reason why in Galatians he says, share in each other's burdens. Don't think that you're better than somebody else, that you can't help another person. You're not meant to do life alone, baby. So stop trying. And I get it. Maybe you asked for help before and it didn't go your way. Maybe you asked somebody to assist you and they didn't help you out. Oh, well, chalk it up. But don't think that everybody's going to treat you that way. Stop looping everybody in to this category. That says everybody's going to hurt you. Everybody's going to mistreat you. Everybody's going to disappoint you. Everybody's going to not want to help you. That may have been that person or those people. But that's not everybody. We are 8 billion people in the earth. Do you really think that God would have allowed 8 billion people to live today? And there's not one person or more who can help you? That's not true. That's a lie from the enemy. The enemy wants you to be isolated. That's why he gets into your head with this thinking, thinking, with this negativity, with the lies that says nobody cares about you. You could do it on your own. You don't need nobody help. You got this. You could be your own God. You don't. God has always designed his people to be in community because only in community can you fully heal and be set free. Only in community can you fully overcome challenges in life. This is why there are so many scriptures in the Bible that talks about how a friend sticks closer than a brother. Or how a brother is born in a time of adversity. Or how we are to, again, share in each other's burdens. It's because this is God's design for us to succeed in community. Not to think we have it all under control. If we could do it ourselves, why would we need Jesus? Why would you need a Lord and Savior if you could save yourself? If you can govern your own life, why would you need him? You got it. But how is it working out for you? Because you've been having it for how many years now? And you still know much further than you thought you should have been. You still stuck in a bitter state of mind. You still are angry. You still are bruised or wounded. You still are hurt. You still are depressed. You still are grieving the loss of that person just as if that person died yesterday. And it's been how many years now? You are still in that stage that you were in. Time went by, but you ain't healed. I've been around tons of people who claim they're healed, but the moment I say or do something that triggers that memory, oh, whoa, back up now, because a totally different person comes out. And now you're emotional. And now you're crying, or you're angry, or you're lashing out at me, or, or, be, or, or the person who did it to you. And I don't mean the person that hurt you, I mean the person that may have brought it up, just as in this example, I brought it up. And so now your whole emotional stage has triggered. You've become undone. 
just by a trigger word or thing um, that happened. Why is it triggering? You, you mentioned, you, you see, I keep mentioning this word trigger. It's triggering because it's something in you you have not healed from. All you do is suppress it. All that happened was time went by, but you never healed from it. You never dealt with it to heal from it. All you did was lock it in the closet and did your best throw away the key. All you do is burn it in the ground and said, okay, that's over with. No, it's still in that closet. It's still in the ground. It's just rotten and dirty. It still stinks. Because you have not dealt with it. And so the moment that you go back to that place, or somebody reminds you of that place, or that person that hurt you, here you go again with grouping them into this. Everybody going to do this. This is everybody. And it's not everybody. Get out of your head. It's not everybody. I've had people say, I've heard people say that they don't want to welcome love in because the ex hurt them. They don't want to have any more friends because that former friend betrayed them. So you are going to cut yourself off from getting free, from having joy and peace in your life. Because, or even love in your life. Because of what somebody else did why are you making somebody else pay for the mistakes of another person person b did not hurt you person a did but you can't even receive person b because you have not healed from person a one of the most foolish things i've ever heard said in pop culture is the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody that is so stupid how can you get over the person who hurt you by getting under somebody else? All you're going to do is carry that baggage from one person to the next. And so the person you're getting under, you're going to either um, make them pay for the mistakes of what that person did. Or you're going to compare everything they do to what that person did. And so now this person is forced to try to live up to what that person did or did not do and be better instead of you receiving them as they are. You have got to heal. You have got, it is high time to get out of your head and bless your heart with some healing. wants you to be isolated and he wants you to believe in the lie that you got it under control and that you don't need healing but i promise you that you do i know because it was my own testimony my own story when i went through my crisis i could have sought help and counsel immediately and i should have but i didn't when my whole world was falling apart i knew i needed help there were people who pointed out to me, Andrea, you need some help. Maybe you need to get into counseling. Do you know I grieved the death of my grandparents for five years? Anytime I saw a picture, I cried. Anytime somebody mentioned something, I cried. Any moment, movie, TV, I mean, whatever you name it, I cried. Every time I left a person um, presence, I went into my room and I cried. 
even being in front of that person, it took every strength in my body to not cry, but to just hold the conversation or just to enjoy their presence. But I was aching inside. Why? Because I did not deal with the problem at hand. I was unwilling to fully face the grief and it felt like it was too painful. But it was more painful trying to suppress it. It was more painful trying to just push through. God did not make life for you to push through. Persevere, yes, but not push through. He made it for you to heal. And that's part of the perseverance. It's going through the process of healing. But pushing through is, is like getting stuck. Your car getting stuck in the mud and you're trying to push it through. And there's this friction and tension keeping your tires from easily gliding across the road. It's because there's a blockage there that you won't deal with. So you keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And all along, that mud pile of mud is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Sure, there's some that might wind up going under the tire, but not all of it. There's still the very first part of the mud and dirt that you started with that's still pushing along as you keep pushing the car of your life, the car of your body, the car of your mind. Don't you think it's time to stop pushing and start healing? Start facing yourself. Stop thinking you got it under control. Don't be like John and be arrogant and stubborn. And waste time trying to figure it out on your own. When God has placed people and community in this world that you can extend your hand out to get help with. Open your mouth. Closed mouths don't get fed. Open your mouth and ask for some healing. Ask God and then also open your mouth and ask for some help. There are people that got me a place in your life right now that is specifically there to help you heal, to help you overcome, to help you with whatever challenge and struggle you're going through. There are some that are meant to just do life with you, to have fun with and all of that. But there are others that are specifically designed and are on assignment to help you heal. People are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. It is up to you to figure out what phase and stage that they're in. Do a deep dive and analyze the people in your life. There are some that the season has passed, baby, and it is time to let them go. There are some that this season is just starting. And you got to figure out the reason that they're there. Are they there to be a part of your life for a lifetime? Or are they there to be a part of your life for a season to help you heal and grow and move forward? It is up to you to figure it out and also up to you, as I said before, to ask the Lord, what is it that I need in this moment? And how is this person meant to be beneficial or crucial in this process? Get your healing get out of your head. This is not God's design for you. And take accountability. Take ownership of the circumstances and situations.
decisions that you've made. You know, I spoke once before and I speak again about a man named Jonah in the Bible. You know, Jonah thought he knew what was best for his life. He didn't want to do what God told him to do. And so he thought, well, I'll just go this way instead of going the other way. I'll just go to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. God wanted him to go to Nineveh. He wanted to go to Tarshish. And so he gets on a boat and thinks that I'm going to just be okay, run away from God and set and sail on this boat to Tarshish. And so God sends a storm. And the before they're about to become shipwrecked, the guys on the boat decide to throw him overboard because they, they don't want to die. They don't want to be bled on by him anymore, basically. And so instead of being dragged down to the bottom pit of the sea and drowning with this person that didn't want to deal with their stuff, they said, listen, we're throwing you overboard because we're not about to drown because of you. And so they throw him overboard. But Jonah did not drown in the ocean. Why? Because God had sent provision in the whale. It's so even though we think, wow, who wants to get sucked up by a whale? But it was God's plan. Just like whenever we go off course and we get stuck in something, you may want to curse God or be upset with God, but you need to be mad at yourself. Because God told you not to go that way to begin with. You knew you didn't have peace in your heart to make that decision. But you chose it. But you can still thank God because you didn't die in it. That thing didn't kill you. That person didn't kill you. They may have hurt you, may have stung, but you are still alive to tell the tale. You're not dead in the ground. And so God kept you. Just as he did Jonah. But it's up to you, just as it was for Jonah, to decide when you want to open your mouth for help. And right before Jonah was to die in the whale, he finally opens his mouth and says, Lord, please forgive me. I repent of my sinful ways and thinking that I knew what was best for my life and that I knew what I should be doing versus what you knew. Please, Father, save me. And God sure enough saved him because God is always right there. But God is not honored or, or rather God is not um, is is not designed to take care of you when you are out of alignment god is only responsible for honoring his word he's not responsible for you going your own way and thinking you got it and being lord over your life if you'll be lord over your life that's fine you can go and just like in the tv show downton abbey there were some people some employees some townspeople that decided that they wanted to be lord over their own lives they wanted to do things their way and so the Lord and Lady Crawley let them do them. And they went about their way and found, oh, man, this isn't working. And when they got into their pit, when they got into their financial issues, you couldn't turn to Lord and Lady Crawley and say, hey, can you bail me out? You got yourself in it. That's not my job. But when you're back in my government, you're back under my lordship. Oh, yeah, then I'm responsible for you. I'm responsible to make sure you get out that pit. But when you went over there and thought you were going to be your own Lord, I'm not responsible for that. And it's the same thing with God. When we think that we got it, God sits back and says, okay, I'm still here because you're my child. I'm not going to ever make sure I can't get a hold of you. It's just like a regular a parent that loves you. 
a parent that truly loves you is never too far from you. The minute that you call and say, hey, parent, I need help, they're right there to help you. They're right there running towards you. They're right there sending help your way if they're not, if they can't get to you. They're right there to answer the phone and talk to you. They're never too far away from you. But when you say you got it and you got under control, okay, they sit back and say, well, you know, go ahead, do it, do it yourself. And that's how God is. But just like Jonah, he sends help, though. He sent the help in the well, even though it didn't look like help because it didn't come in the way that he thought it should have came. It still was help. Because it got him to the seashore. It kept him from safety. Because, again, Jonah could have drowned in the ocean. Jonah could have been eaten by a shark. Anything could have happened to Jonah. But Jonah was protected to tell the story. We only know the story because Jonah survived to be able to tell the tale of what happened to him. Same goes for me. I eventually got into counseling. After grieving five years, my grandparents died in 2013 and 2014. Five years later, in 2019, is when I finally went and got help and sought counseling. Even though I've been studying God's word every day, meditating on it daily, day and night, that still was not enough. There still was some things I needed to work on. There still was some areas that I needed somebody else's help in. Staying isolated was no longer serving me anymore. I needed to get out of my head and get into some help. And I needed to, I needed community. And I got that. And it was the most freeing thing ever. Because not only was I able to find an amazing Christian counselor, and I believe God orchestrated and ordained it, just like Jonah and the whale, just like John when he got lost. Help came for him. And it was the right help at the right time. But there were also people in the church body that God specifically designed at that time to step in and say, I got you. I'm going to help you. What do you need help with? There were times where I was too sick and weak because I also went through health problems during my Joe Wilderness season. And during that time, I was too sick and weak to even take myself to the doctors. And so they would come and get me. And help me get to the doctors. Make sure I got my medication that I needed. Sometimes I couldn't go to the market. They would go to the market and get my groceries for me. You never know who God is going to send your way to help you if you don't extend your mouth or your hand out for the help. If you don't ask for it, it won't come. Closed mouths don't get fed. When you suppress the pain, you also suppress joy and peace. Your heart cannot rest because there's something still stirring inside of you. There's a reminder there that says there's something hurting here that we need to address. You have got to address those issues in your heart that need healing, that need help. why today's message about getting out of your head and blessing your heart by healing those wounds is so important 
Stop prioritizing everything and everyone else and start prioritizing you. You have been neglecting you for far too long. So it's high time to get back to taking care of you. And that starts with healing the inner parts of you first. The parts of your heart that you have been running away from. It's time to stop running, baby. Stop running and start healing. Shame is a mind game. That's not your truth. Don't sit in that thing. Don't believe the lies of the enemy any longer that says you can't get help. That says you can't get free. That says you can't get whole. That says nobody cares about you. Or that says you deserve this because of something you did. That is a lie. Even though John chose to go out on the journey on his own by himself. Praise God that John still had the wisdom in the end. Even though he argued and fought it. He still had the wisdom in the end that when when the people came to find him and to rescue him and to help him to go with them. He didn't still go go at it alone anymore. Especially after two hours that went by, he finally said, enough is enough. I'm done trying. Clearly, I'm going the wrong way. And these people know the right way. Don't let shame be your judgment. God's love is your judgment. God's favor and grace and mercy is your judgment. And it is his promise. So don't keep thinking that you deserve what you're going through. You don't deserve that, baby. That's a lie. And I bind and rebuke the lies of the enemy in the name of Jesus because that is not your truth. Stop holding on to that. You do not have to take what you have been going through any longer. That is not your lot in life. That is not what God has in store for you. He has healing in store for you. His word promises it in Isaiah 53 that because of what Jesus went through, you are healed and made whole. He has created you to be healed and whole. So embrace what he wants for you. Stop fighting it. Renew your mind and change the game. Take care of yourself. Take care of you. Understand that you are weak right now. And that's okay. Because God says that He, his power works best in weakness. His grace is sufficient in your weakness. I am here boasting about my time of being weak because I know that when I am weak, God is strong. And it's because of God's grace and his strength and his power and his mercy that I'm even here today to tell the tale, to tell the story, my story of how I went from brokenness to wholeness, how I went from scattered pieces to peace, how I went from being so grief-stricken and brokenhearted that, and so depressed and anxious that all I saw was dark clouds. It didn't matter how sunny it was outside. All I saw was dark clouds. I was so isolated and so beaten and broken up by the enemy and the lies and the hurt and pain and, and just the shame of it all. And some shame I took on that wasn't even mine to take on because somebody else did something to me. But I was taking that on as my own guilt. Instead of leaving that at the wayside 
putting that in the trash bag and leaving that in in the waste basket. Because that wasn't mine to keep. That was lies that the enemy made me feel. Made me think about myself. Was putting in my head. But in my heart was God's truth. I had to get back into God's truth. I had to renew my heart and allow the Holy Spirit to renew my heart by changing my mind. By helping me break free from the bondage of my mind that kept me confined and constricted into the life I was living. I had to finally let those wounds heal by ripping off the bandages, by opening up the closet and letting the skeletons out, by facing me, all of me, the broken me, the scattered me. The me that was grief, grieving, excuse me, the me that had been through so much crap by other people in some ditches I put myself in. I had to sit in that thing and face me. I had to get out of my head and allow God's Holy Spirit to do the work in my heart. I had to get into counseling and I went into intensive counseling. I did two years of Twice a week counseling, sometimes three times a week, because I knew I needed it. Now, that may not be you. You may not need twice a week counseling every week. You may need it just once a week. But counseling helps, especially if you find the right counselor. And I am gung-ho on Christian counselors, because when you find the right counselor that fits you and they match your faith, They help integrate your faith into helping you establish better and healthier coping mechanisms so that you no longer stay in that stinking thinking or that negativity or that negative mentality that keeps you stuck in your mind. And and it helps you get free from all of that. You got to get the right help. That's why God talks about in his word, seeking wise counsel. Wise counsel is so important. If you don't have wise people around you, then you are a foolish person following a fool. And that's what the Bible says. That ain't just me. And so three practical steps towards healing and breakthrough. Number one, admit you need help and allow the process to take its course. But don't stay in that process. It's a process. It's just like a tunnel. You're meant to go through it, not stay stuck in it. Now, you may get a roadblock in that tunnel. There may be some barriers there while you're going through the process of healing. But you will eventually get to the other side. No matter how long that tunnel is. And I've been through in real traffic some long tunnels. But eventually I come out on the other side. And you will too. Allow yourself to get the help that you need. Why suffer in isolation when that's not what God has in store for you? God never wanted you to do that. He wanted you to heal in community. He wanted you to heal. That's why he has people that have gifts and talents and and resources that can help you heal. That's always been God's design from Genesis to Revelation. He said it to Adam in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible. He says man should not be alone. That's why I'm going to make you a helpmate. And then in Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, he says in Revelations 12 and 11 that we are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. 
The blood of the Lamb is Jesus Christ. He already gave his blood on Calvary over 2,000 years ago. We are overcome by our testimony. It's not just our own story, but a story of others who can say, hey, I've been there. Let me help you through just like I'm doing today with you. Number two, another practical step is be willing to do the work. It took hard work, I told you. Two years of intensive therapy. Followed by an eight-year dive, and probably a little bit longer than that, of reading and studying God's word. Meditating on it day and night. Continuing to renew my mind with the truth of who God says I am. And what God has in store for me. How I am a joint heir and I am seated in in heavenly places with Jesus. How I am a queen. How how I am fearfully and wonderfully made. All that's in God's word. But if you don't know his word, you don't know these promises. You have to get in to some counseling. Renew your mind through scripture and ask for help. Close mouths. Close mouths. Don't get fed. Open your mouth and ask for help. You can no longer do it on your own. You need wisdom that comes from God and you need wise counsel and that comes from people. And point number three is make repeating the promises of God a habit. Like I said, I do it every day. Around my room, I have scriptures and positive words and affirmations from God's promises in his Bible all around my room. And every day I go around the room looking at them and reciting them. Now, I don't read every single one because there's plenty of them that cover my walls. But I read the ones that are that I need that day. That when I feel like I can't make there's a there's no way I there's no way out of the situation. Then there's something on my wall that says, um, every day Every day holds a possibility of a miracle, which lets me know God can work a miracle out today. So don't get worried about that. Then there's moments where an anxious thought may try to come to my mind or a worry about something and how something's going to work out. And then I'm reminded of something else on my wall, Psalms 4610, that says, be still and know that I am God. And then I can rest in that moment and relax and know that God will take care of this. I don't have to worry about it. There's something else that when a challenging storm comes my way, then I see on my wall, it says the most beautiful stones may have been polished by by the brilliance of life's strongest storms. Or excuse me, the most beautiful stones have been polished to brilliance by life's strongest storms. There's so many positive words and affirmations and scriptures plastered all over my walls because I need to remind myself every day of God's promises for my life. I read God's word daily because his word is a shield. It's a light into my feet and a lamp into my path. It is a double-edged sword so that when the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, when he comes like a flood trying to ruin my my mind and my heart posture, I can stand firmly and, and fight back with God's word and God's promises. I repeat them every day. And so maybe you need to do the same thing I've done. And not only, I mean, you should be doing this anyway, reading God's word, but maybe take some of those words and write them on your walls if you own your own home. If you don't, then take some construction paper 
or some loose leaf paper and write God's words down and then take them on your wall. Take them on your bathroom mirror to remind yourself of who God says you are, what his promises are for your life, how God says you are healed and whole and free from condemnation and shame and guilt. How God says my grace is sufficient for my power works best in weakness. How God says I've made you for such a time as this. Use God's words to fight the negative thinking that comes to your mind. Use God's words to fight the attacks of the enemy. Use God's words to strengthen you through the storm. That's why it's there. And so I know today ran a little bit long, but there was a lot I had to get off my chest because I really care about you. I care about your healing and I want to see you whole and free from the shame and guilt and, and the pain that has been surrounding your heart. I want to see you free from grief, whether that's grieving the loss of someone or something. It's time to get healed and set free from this bondage. And so I pray that this message really struck home for you. I pray that it stirs you to make some changes in your life, to get out of your head so that your heart can be blessed by the work that God wants to do in your life. I pray that you will no longer stand in your way, but will get out of your way and get yourself some help. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord our God be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Can I Get a Favor podcast. We're just getting started with this new venture. A lot of new opportunities will come and help us continue to grow. For now, your charitable financial donations and contributions helps keep this podcast going. Here are some ways in which you can give. You can click the link in the description, or you can download Cash App and find me at Andrea G's. That's A-N-D as in dog, R-E-A, G-E-E-S as in Sam, and that's at the Cash App. Thank you for your contributions, and I pray again that this message blesses your soul. Take care of yourself. God bless you.